Uh, hi guys, Russell here. Um, so yesterday I, I published a post just talking about how, you know, I think there's a real opportunity in, you know, going after or shorting the private equity space. Um, and if that's interesting, go look at that post. What I thought I would do is just update uh, uh, an old post from about a year ago. The link is below uh, under the word post if you want to have a look. Um, and here I'm just telling people how uh, I sort of, the, how p making profits in short selling works, at least in my view or experience. And essentially there are three different profit centers in short selling. There's capital gains or capital loss in this case, uh, carry and currency. And I'm just trying to explain them quickly and you know what my uh, experience with them. So capital gains or losses in this case uh, is the easiest to understand. So you go out and you short Enron at some high price and then it collapses to zero, you make uh, a capital gain on that. And, you know, you sort of sell the shares at a high price and you buy them back at a low price and the difference is a gain for you. And I think when people hear short selling or think of short selling, this is what they think of as, uh, you know, how you really make money. Um, the reality is that that type of short selling generally loses money, believe it or not. Um, you know, you, and if you think about it, you'll probably realize if you look at things like GME or AMC, which both got squeezed during the COVID boom, uh, they were huge capital loss uh, generating events. Um, but, you know, even probably even more uh, hugely capital loss generating for short sellers was Tesla. And I talked about this in the last presentation as well. You know, for years, Tesla was the biggest short in the uh, US market. Uh, and there were commentator after commentator uh, was you know uh, saying Tesla was a short, so you had very very large short interest in in the stock before it absolutely roofed it uh, and cost short sellers a significant amount of money. And what uh, I think is probably not even uh, included into how much money they lost was that through most of that time uh, a borrow cost of Tesla was very very high. So not only did you suffer from huge capital losses, you also paid away a lot of money for the privilege of losing money shorting Tesla. So it was a terrible short. And this for me is one of the reasons why I never short crowded shorts. And the definition of crowded short for me is a short that costs more than 2% to borrow, okay? But you know, that is one profit center in short selling. And you know, over, I'd say the last 10 to 15 years, 10 to 15 years, it's been a disaster, uh, more or less. Um, now, you know, one of the ways you can see that there used to be, uh, uh, HFRI, Hedge Fund Research Institute used to publish a short bias index, which would show you the performance of short biased hedge funds. Uh, I used to look at it. It was very, very poor and it's now been discontinued and you can't find it anymore. Trying to look around for a replacement. You can't really find anything. What I have been able to find is a Barclays sort of short biased index. Which is, which is this green line on the chart before. And you can see it's pretty poor and it would have gotten worse. And the line where it's going up is the S&P and the flat line's a CTA. Uh, a lot of uh, investors went to use CTAs uh, instead of short bias funds uh, as they did quite well in 2008. They haven't really done that great, uh, I think, uh, recently. Uh, I'm personally not a big fan of CTAs. I don't think they do a good job. But that, you know, basically short selling has been a disaster. Um, a, a real disaster for, for uh, as a strategy and far worse than even in the dot-com bubble. Um, 
And if we go and look at another way of looking at you know, how much short selling is the market, there are a couple of indices we can use. Unfortunately, there's not one that goes back a really long time. So we sort of splice a couple together. Uh, New York Stock Exchange just gives short interest as a percentage of total shares, which you know collapsed during the dot-com bubble and then rose into the GFC. And then we get total short interest uh, as a dollar amount. We can compare that to the market cap of the S&P. And you can see that around the GFC was a huge boom uh, days in short interest and has basically collapsed ever since. Um, now, uh, what I'm trying to say here is one of the reasons why uh, short bias funds have done so poorly, even worse than during the dot-com bubble, is that the biggest source of profits historically for short uh, bias funds or short selling funds has been carry. What do I mean by carry? Carry is the interest you generate on the cash you generate from selling shares. So typically, let's say, take Tesla, for example, you borrow Tesla from a long-term holder, you sell it into the market, you get cash, and then that cash will earn interest. And that interest was historically where most of the profits from short selling came from. Um, and if you go and look at the S&P dividend yield, it's sort of a proxy for what the average short would uh, cost, and you then look at the Fed fund rate, the gap between that is uh, potential profits from carry. You just have to subtract the borrow cost which in recent years has collapsed. Um, and what you can see is from, from like 80s through to really 2007, most of the time you could end, uh, uh, enjoy a decent carry on short selling. Post GFC, uh, you earn no carry on short selling. And in fact, you know, what I love about this chart, it almost explains the boom in private equity. When funding costs is lower than you know, S&P dividends, it makes sense to leverage up and to buy stocks uh, and to be leveraged along the S&P, which is essentially what private equity does. Uh, and now that the Fed fund rate is above the dividend yield on the S&P, private equity is probably a disaster and short selling is, uh, looks more attractive. And that probably is in essentially what I'm trying to say, uh, say in yesterday's presentation, but in a sort of more technical manner. Um, just to finish the presentation, uh, and you may be saying to yourself, hang on, Russell, you were short selling from you know, 2011 until you know, 2020. What, what, why did you not suffer the same uh, catastrophic effects of other short sellers? And certainly in the first pilot from 2011 through 2016, I made very good money uh, short selling. And the thing is that I used the third profit center, which is very rarely used uh, by short sellers, which is currency. And what I mean, and what was great about currency is in a pro-capital world or an anti-labor world, governments will devalue their exchange rate to try and get profits up, uh, improve credit quality, and they basically ruin the real wages of workers. So it's a very anti-labor, pro-capital policy. Uh, and you know, people in the 50s and 60s knew this, uh, and we've seemed to have forgotten, even in the 90s, people have seemed to have forgotten that devaluation is a government's way of reducing workers' pay to the benefit of capital. And what we've come into, and so post-GFC, what you had was constant devaluations of countries getting into credit trouble. Um, and so you could make money from that. The trick was you needed to be short uh, the stocks in a different currency as the one that's going to devalue. Uh, otherwise, you couldn't make any money in it. Um, so an example of this is like Brazil. Brazil got into a lot of trouble post-GFC. Um, and what was great about Brazil is most of its big stocks, and particularly its banks, all have dollar listings. So you could have shorted the Ital, it's a big Brazilian bank, and its dollar listing, 
And the stock, you know, pretty much fell by 50% uh, a couple of times post-GFC. Uh, and so you can make good money on that. If you show it in the Brazilian Riai terms, you never really made any capital gains from that. And so what you had uh, post-GFC was a prolonged period where you could arbitrage uh, currency risk uh, via the equity market, which was underpricing it. And this was very profitable uh, for me anyway. And that was a third profit center of, 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 of short selling for me. And so what I'm trying to say in this presentation, a sort of follow up from yesterday, is that now the Fed fund rate of 5.5 and the S&P down 1.3, private equity still taking in capital and not completely liquidated, is you now probably uh, uh, can uh, set up a short selling fund that can both generate capital gains and carry uh, gains, I think, at least for uh, a while until either the Fed can cut rates again or valuations in the S&P get back to levels that make unattractive. Uh, and so that's really what I'm seeing, you know, just taking some of the old research and applying it today. Uh, the key issue here is politics. You have to believe that we're back in a, a, in a pro-labor world. I certainly do. I don't think any elections in the state's going to change that. Biden and Trump are both definitely pro-labor politicians because that's where the votes are. So for me, suddenly we see an attractive opportunity, which is what I've been talking about. Uh, I'm going to do more work like this, uh, which is both for my benefit and for yours. If you enjoy, give me a follow. Uh, stay safe. We'll talk again soon. Ciao.